It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium broke ground on its new hospital earlier this month on Japonski Island. Now it's requesting a permit to operate a rock crusher to make gravel fill at the hospital construction site, rather than trucking blasted rock from out the road. The Sitka Assembly will consider its proposal tonight. According to a memo from City Planning Director Amy Ainsley, the consortium proposes operating the rock crusher between 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. And while it will likely reduce the amount of traffic in and out of the construction site, it may increase the noise. The Planning Commission approved Search's request at its June 1st meeting on a 3-to-1 vote. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. Former state legislator Les Guerra is the only Democrat in a field of 10 candidates vying for the job of Alaska's governor this fall. He left his seat representing Anchorage in 2019 after serving in the House for 13 years. That same year, Michael Dunleavy defeated incumbent Bill Walker to win the governor's office, and Guerra has not been pleased with Dunleavy's policies or leadership so far. Guerra was on a whistle-stop tour of southeast Alaska last week, including Sitka, where he spoke with KCAW's Robert Woolsey. The challenge for anyone running against the current governor is money. Governor Dunleavy favors the largest possible dividends from Alaska's permanent fund. The legislature controls the state's purse, however, and has consistently held the governor in check in order to not drain the state's savings accounts. And dividends have been a bit more modest as a result. Still, a big check from the state is the only campaign promise many voters will need to hear this year. Les Guerra thinks Governor Dunleavy is not disclosing the full cost of large dividends. First, it's a false promise, and that's why I'm running. This governor has made the state poor. He's made a resource-rich state poor by giving away our oil for almost nothing. So we have $1.3 billion less in state funds because we give away $1.3 billion in oil company subsidies the oil industry does not need. And without that money, he makes false promises about the PFD, which he knows he can only fund by cutting schools, cutting our construction budget, cutting reimbursement to communities for school construction, cutting senior services, cutting children's services, and not building a single state-sponsored renewable energy project anywhere in the state in his whole three years. He's done nothing. Guerra is the only Democrat that voters will see on the August 16th primary election ballot for governor. Outside of the Republican incumbent of the other eight candidates, Guerra's major rival is likely to be former Governor Bill Walker, an independent. Nowadays, when politics can seem polarized to the point of hostility, Guerra says he found common ground with Walker during the latter's term in office. Bill and I get along fine. The thing that we have in common is we both believe that you should put your politics to the side when you can build something better for the greater good. There are times where both of us were able to do that. Nevertheless, Guerra has to draw a hard line between himself and Walker. Among other issues, Guerra is staking out marriage equality and a woman's right to choose. I'm pro-choice. He's pro-life. I believe that it's not my business who marries whom. I believe in equal rights for all. He believes marriage is between a man and a woman. If elected governor, Guerra would likely be sworn in along with a Republican majority in the Alaska Senate. He says he'll have allies like Republican Senator Bert Stedman of Sitka, who's been a consistent fiscal conservative 
often at odds with Governor Dunleavy and some of the more extreme views of the Senate majority. You know, Bert and I both agree we're not getting a fair share for our oil. The choices this governor has made people make are false. He's made you choose a permanent fund dividend or schools or a marine highway or a university or job training or a construction budget that we could use to build renewable energy across the state. And it's a false choice to say we have to pick between those things and turn people against each other, turn permanent fund supporters against school supporters, against university supporters, against marine highway supporters, against rural Alaska supporters. We don't have to turn people against each other. During his visit to Southeast, Gara hopped between communities by air. With cutbacks to the Alaska Marine Highway, surface transportation has become impractical. Gara says he never balked when Sitka legislators Stedman or Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins pushed for a better deal for the ferry system. When they said this is what we need to make the ferry system vibrant, I said I support you, right? Because in south-central Alaska, the state subsidizes asphalt. It's not like those roads are free. The state subsidizes them. So people who live on the road system cannot complain that the ferry system also costs money. The mode of transportation down here is water. The mode of transportation between communities on the road system is asphalt. Uh, Both deserve support. Gara's visit to Sitka coincided with the June meeting of the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council, five of whose seven members are nominated by the governor of Alaska. Gara understands that this is a far from inconsequential responsibility, and he understands those consequences. You know, you've got people like Linda Benkin in the state who are taking the lead, or in this community, who are taking the lead and saying, dumping a thousand tons of halibut dead to the bottom of the Bering Sea, that's not rational fisheries policy. Um, Killing 550,000 chums just in the Bering Sea when Western Alaska communities don't have chums to, to, to eat, to put on their table for subsistence or to commercial fish, That's not sane fishing policy. We can change that. As governor, I can change that. I couldn't change that as a legislator. This governor has given away our fisheries to Seattle-based factory trawlers. And this fishery belongs to the people of the state of Alaska so we can have vibrant communities where people who rely on fish for food get fish for food, where people who rely on fish for income get fish for income, and even where people rely on fish just to have a little bit of fun get to have some fun. Gara, so far, is trailing former Governor Bill Walker in fundraising by about $170,000, having raised $539,000 to Walker's $712. But as of March this year, he reported having raised over $200,000 more than incumbent Governor Mike Dunleavy. Gara's running mate for lieutenant governor is Jessica Cook, a sixth-grade teacher from Palmer. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Alaska is the most scammed state in the country per capita. So far this year, there have been close to a 1,000 reports of fraud. As Coast Alaska's Angela Denning reports, some scammers pretend to be local businesses, requiring residents to stay extra vigilant. When 73-year-old John Haverlick of Petersburg saw an email from GCI, his internet provider, he read through it carefully. There had been changes to his services recently, and he wanted to know what's next. It looked very legit. It, It had the GCI logo on it and everything. It told him that in order to continue services, to reply with his account and password, which he did. The next thing he knew, he had friends contacting him. One call after another after another, people that we've had on our email list, called us and said, did you just email me? And this is from people all over the country, you know, relatives and things like this. And I said, no. And he said, well, we just got an email from you saying, hi, are you busy? 
And could you email me? Regards, John. A few friends did respond to the email, and they told Haverlick the scammers, pretending to be him, wanted something specific. They asked for, oh, I'm trying to get a $300 Amazon uh, gift certificate. Could you help me? As far as Haverlick knows, none of his friends gave the scammers any money. He changed his email account and contacted GCI about it. This type of scam, called an imposter scam or phishing, is by far the most common type in Alaska. It's when someone pretends to be somebody else to get money. Sometimes it's a familiar person, and other times they're purporting to be from organizations like the FBI, Social Security, the IRS, or banks. They all have one thing in common. There's a problem. Either there's a problem or something that you need to do. You're locked out of your account. You need to click this link. That's John Haley, Assistant Attorney General for the Alaska Department of Law. He says the scammers will ask for an immediate response and sometimes threaten to arrest the victims. You know, I think most people would like to think they wouldn't be fooled by these, but people are. Alaskans lose a lot of money this way. Of scams reported so far this year, residents have lost $5.5 million. Last year, it was $14.2 million. We have people who go around from store to store buying thousands and thousands of dollars worth of gift cards, giving uh, the money to a scammer who they believe works for the IRS or the FBI. Besides gift cards, they'll often ask to be paid in Bitcoin transfers or cryptocurrency. GCI spokesperson Josh Edge says the company is aware of scams that use GCI's name and logo, like the one involving the Petersburg resident. Unfortunately, we do receive reports of similar scam and phishing attempts very regularly. Edge says sometimes it can be hard to identify scams, but if there's a doubt, Alaskans should not hesitate to call GCI. If it seems suspicious at all, if they're asking for any types of personal information, passwords, things like that, reach out to us directly. According to Haley, although seniors lose the most money through fraud, 18 to 30-year-olds actually get scammed the most. He says scammers will pay to find out who to target. There's a large market for information, and some of that on the dark web, and and some of that, frankly, out in the open. So uh, it is easier for scammers to, uh, you know, go out and buy information to try and find the right people to target, which is, I think, unfortunate. Scammers are often working from other countries where American dollars are worth a lot more. You know, if they're able to scam somebody and get $5,000 out of it, I mean, that's such a sort of tempting target. If someone does give scammers information by accident, Haley says they should consider freezing their credit card and bank accounts, at least temporarily. Other than that, the best line of defense is to stay vigilant. Reporting in Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. 